we'll see if we have time for get it together got it together it's like <laughs> if not every time i know what else? It. it'll still be the same thing next time <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> oh lord sometimes it'll change from the get it together to the got it together yes yeah, sometimes you make progress on it and transforms <laughs> but sometimes i'm like oh no it's still my get it together yes. <laughs> don't worry no progress has been made Welcome to Semi Together, a podcast about having some of your life together all of the time. It's about working on where you want to get it together while giving yourself credit for where you've got it together. As we learn to live with more calm, joy, and authenticity, we share takeaways from our research and experience that you can use too. I'm Malia Dicker, and I live in upstate New York. And I'm her sister, Jillian Burgess, and I live in Barcelona, Spain. Today, we are talking about how to take small steps to change course and care for yourself when you're feeling overwhelmed. But before we get into today's topic, we'll do a brief check-in. So Malia, why don't you start? Okay. Well, I am feeling some overwhelmed today, so this is the appropriate topic. It's always funny how it always maps with the things we're talking about, the things that we need to hear most at the moment. And I, as usual, started prepping this up later than I wanted to, and ran into, you know, it's like an hour and a half later than we had thought to record. So I apologize. So sorry. I'm really glad you're flexible today. Thank you. And I love you. But I just get into these self-loathing, just, you know, it's like the hour of self-loathing in that book about (laughs) dinner parties, you know, guests start to arrive and you're just like, oh my gosh. Why am I doing this? Yes. (laughs) I know. This is a terrible idea. Um, Anyway, I'm just scrambling to get everything ready. So Oh, Plus I'm just babe. tired because Avery busted in to the room at 4, 12 AM and poor thing mm-hmm. had a nightmare, but still then it was a nightmare that none of us could get back to sleep. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yes. anyway, on uh, the happy front, mom and dad have moved here. Um, they've been here for, I don't know, two, three weeks now, which is awesome. Amazing. Yeah. So they're settling in and, and bought a house. They have a house un- under contract here. It's really cute. And so exciting. Yes. I'm really happy. It's seven minutes away and like pretty much everything they wanted. So if all goes smoothly, which I hope, then they move in mid-April. So that's, that's fantastic. Really, really awesome. Yes. Yeah. There's just been, you know, waves of calm and chaos, which I guess is to be expected in this season of and maybe always, um, if we're honest, <laughs> but um, like, <laughs> yeah, it'll stop soon, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> just, we'll get there to that point of enlightenment, but spring is on the horizon. We've had little hints of like 60 degree weather here and Ooh. every wind is out and about and it's lovely. So That's I exciting. love the spring. I love the sun and I'm excited about that. So how That's very hopeful. You? Yes, it is. Hope, <laughs> green leaves, the birds chirp, and then they go away when it starts snowing again. I don't know, I don't know where they go, but <laughs> they Not come here. back. All the better. Anyway, how are you doing, babe? I'm doing okay. And for the record, I want you to be kind to yourself. Be nice to my sister. Um, no yeah. need to apologize. Sometimes I am the one delaying things and you know taking forever on the prep. And I also got started late on this, so I definitely feel you on that. And no worries. We're, we're doing it now. And that's what matters. This is our damn podcast. We'll do what we want. (laughs) Do what I want. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I definitely feel wanting this content right now for myself because also lots of just overwhelming stuff. So this week was my oncology appointments. So my schedule is a little bit off now because I used to have like 
during scan months, I would have the CT and bone scans at the beginning of the week. And then on Friday, I would have my oncology appointment, which, you know, it's annoying to have a few days gap either way. But now they're trying to rework some of the dates because we had um, messed with a little bit for our, our Christmas um, mm -hmm. travel plans. And so to match up with the clinical study, other participants, like they're trying to move things around. And so now I had the scan on Friday and the oncology appointments on Wednesday. And I kind of hate that um, for a variety of reasons. Like it, it makes me think about it all yeah. weekend, you know, kind of screws up the weekend a bit. And then to have the oncology appointments right in the middle of the week. Like it's nice to have it on Friday where I can just, you know, clear the day, mm -hmm. roll into the weekend. But midweek is really tough because it feels like it disrupts yeah. the whole week before yeah. and after. So I, I am emailing the study coordinator um, about, you know, starting in the summer, maybe like gradually moving things around so we can kind of get back to Monday for the scans and then the onco okay, gotcha. appointments. It's yeah, sure. Around. Well, you tell them that I am visiting to be there with you during the scan and I will not yes. be there. There on the Friday before. So <laughs> yes, she had told me before that I could do the Friday or Monday for the May one. So I'm verifying that now. Anyway, I was feeling some minor anxiety leading up to the scans and I was, you know, really relieved and grateful to hear that everything yeah. is stable. Yes. Which is great. So no change. We can keep going with the medication as is. And so I always feel that relief and gratitude, but it was just, it's so emotional. Like just the, the buildup and then the come down, yeah. it's just like so totally much. Understandable. Our brains hate on uncertainty and yeah. you just don't know yeah. what it's going to be. You hope it's going to be like before or better, but Right. right. You just don't know. And so this pattern is something that I've obviously noticed over the last few months. Um, and I think it's definitely connected to this chronic stress of just, you know, living yeah. with the uncertainty of living with cancer and feeling especially worried about like, did I progress? Is there new growth every two months? So it's not that I forget about it any other time, but it, it makes it very real during. Yeah. You scan zoom weeks. in on it. I mean, cause so. you have to, you're in order to get anything done, you have to kind of like zoom out and have it as part of the background. Mm -hmm. Right, right, exactly. It like brings it into mm -hmm. very sharp relief when it's like, okay, now we're now we're focusing on this. So yeah, so afterwards, <laughs> Brian and I have a fun little tradition of me just like yeah. bursting into tears after we leave <laughs> the oncologist's office. Kind of no matter what the result. <laughs> Just exactly. emotional it's like, tears. It's like all the feels. Totally. It's like the floodgates open and I'm sure people are judging me in the Gosh, hospital yeah. waiting rooms or whatever, but I'm like, they probably think I've gotten like, oh. the worst news. They want to be like, no, it's good news. Like, I'm just I'm really celebrating. upset about this. <laughs> I'm happy. Can't you tell? So we always have to like go and make my appointments for the next month and pick mm -hmm. up my new prescriptions. And then Brian goes into work afterwards because the metro station's like mm -hmm. right next to the hospital and it's the line that goes to the distillery. But we always sit on a bench outside for a few minutes mm -hmm. and kind of regroup and chat and stuff like that. And this time I was just very mm -hmm. upset and just couldn't kind of get back to baseline. And I think part of it was like how... How are we marking these milestones? You know, it's like, especially on a Wednesday midday, it's like, I, I'm not going to do anything right. after this, you know, like I can go home and take a nap or, you know, a friend offered to, to meet up later, but I wasn't sure mm -hmm. how I'd be feeling. And like, it's just hard to kind of know how to celebrate or process the news, which, whichever way it right. goes, like if luckily good news, but when it is good news, like how are we celebrating that? How are we marking that 
victory. Um, so Brian was like, well, let's go home and book a couple of travel things that we're looking forward to. We are waiting to, to book some mm-hmm. tickets for some things. Like, let's go do that. And then like, let's walk to this little place in our neighborhood that is like a, a vermouth wine bar place. And it's really tiny and it's open weird hours. So we, we never get there when it's not just mm-hmm. slammed on the weekend. So it was, you know, 1 PM or 2 PM or something like, let's go over there and have a little snack and a vermouth and like, you know, just take a moment. Like we've done that before when we have submitted visa paperwork or something that's like very annoying and want to like take a moment to celebrate so we did that and that was really good so I appreciated that he like recognized that I was needing something yeah but it's really important to celebrate those things and make them slightly different each time so it doesn't feel like running in place yeah so that was good but it's a hard week you know it's just yeah I'm sorry babe I'm really glad I'll be with you there next time in May I know I'm so so happy that you guys are coming in May and having friends visit during scan weeks has really showed how wonderful yeah. a gift that is you know because it's, it's not the most fun thing to be doing all day. <laughs> your, your, <laughs> your people that you know you really yes. are able to be yourself within a reel and we want to be there with you because we're also processing and yes. want to do what we can to support in a situation that feels like we can, you know there's not so much we can do so that'll right, be, right. yeah, it'll be good for all of us. And then plus punctuated by, you know, drinking and carousing all and all stuff. the things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And during our little vermouth date, we also spent a while planning fun oh, things to do yeah. while you guys are here. Oh, like true sevens. <laughs> like, yeah. While having one good experience planning the next. <laughs> Yeah. So we like literally start, we're talking about all these things. We're like, oh gosh, you know, Malia and Darren are coming to visit. Where do we want to take them? And, you know, you'll have places you want to go to, but like, what are our top yeah. picks for, you know, can we fit in one day trip? <laughs> Which restaurants? So we started Yay. a Google Doc. And there's nothing I have on my agenda. I mean, if like one or two places that were there still like that I like to eat at, then great. If not, no problem. But yes, we trust okay, you awesome. guys. And you've lived there far longer than I had. So yeah. Which is wild. But yeah, it would be fun to revisit old haunts if they're still there as well. Like we have some, it's not scheduled. Oh my gosh, just the walking our neighborhoods will be plenty for me. Yes, for sure. And tapas crawls and checking out Heck favorites yeah. and all that stuff. So I'll share that Google talk Yay. with you now that it's in its um its infancy ways. So that was really fun. That was yeah, actually a really I'm great so way to um yeah. spend that. Time. Well, and then we can always like hop into like the Albany area document because there's so many more places yeah. that we all want to see breweries and things like that. So that'll be a nice backup. Yes, yes. For sure. So that was really good. It was kind of a, you know, a snatching victory from the jaws of defeat, <laughs> even though like it was a victory in itself, yeah, stable as success, sure. as we keep saying. But it was, you know, just a an emotional roller coaster. And so on the scan day, it was a bit nuts because we were going down to Valencia mm-hmm. for the, mm-hmm. the festival Las Vias, which we did last year. And Brian and I have been a couple of times and he studied there. So it's something that he really loves, which is just this big wild festival where they, you know, build these crazy sculptures that are as tall as the buildings, uh, hundreds of them all over the city. And you walk around, you see them during the day and they have big fireworks at night and then they burn all of them on the last night. Um, <laughs> They're pretty much just right? bananas. They're like paper mache, some are wood, and um, there's also got to be some synthetic things in there. I'm not sure. It's (laughs) probably not great stuff to be burning for like (laughs) people or the planet, but it's um, also really, really cool and fun. And we took the train down Friday evening, like I finished my scans in the afternoon and we I basically came home, grabbed our stuff, and then we mm. rolled to the train station, um, which was really fun. We had a great visit with friends, and I got to meet um, my Spanish teacher for the first time oh. in person. 
and wow. yeah because she lives in Valencia is from Valencia so Brian and I had lunch with her and her partner and oh. her baby daughter which was wonderful like they're just lovely people so all of that was huge happiness boosts and so that that's going on too and it was a good distraction from this waiting for the scan yeah. results so that and like planning visits with you guys and so we have some other family coming next month um, and trips that we're planning. So just really, you know, getting excited for spring and summer and all of the good things that are coming. So it's been very bittersweet. Lots of, lots lots of, of things and going on. <laughs> yeah, per usual. <laughs> and those waves and completing, completing those stress cycles. <laughs> and they just keep on coming. Oh my gosh, the backlog. <laughs> yes, they just keep going. <laughs> yes. Well, let's get into our topic for today, small steps to break through overwhelm. And this feels like a timely topic for us both because, well, we are with you if you're feeling overwhelmed by life sure right now. We are. It, I'm not sure. all just, it all just feels like a lot and a lot of the time. So here we are. Indeed. Uh, yes. Uh, at this point, I am surprised when I talk with anyone who is not overwhelmed in some way. <laughs> I know. I know. How do you do like, that? What's secret. it like? Um, so yeah, it could be a certain area of life, like health or work or family or current events and commonly all of the above combined <laughs> just <laughs> on mass. Yeah. All at once. The collective. Yes. So what is overwhelm and how do we know when we're feeling it? We'll start by sharing Brene Brown's research in Atlas of the Heart, her recent book that emphasizes the difference between stress and overwhelm. When we feel stressed, she writes, we evaluate environmental demand as beyond our ability to cope successfully. Overwhelm, on the other hand, means an extreme level of stress and emotional or cognitive intensity to the point of feeling unable to function. The big difference is we can function in stress. We really can't function in overwhelm. Yes, when we feel overwhelmed, our nervous system is in overdrive. It goes into fight, flight, or freeze. And often it's freeze. It's just like we kind of shut down mm -hmm. our stock kind of feel paralyzed. Our thinking brains are not very available to us and we're incapable of taking action to relieve the pressure we feel. So what do we do to get ourselves out of overwhelm and into action? So we recommend based on our research and experience, the following process, we will unpack each of these, but one, stop everything and identify your feelings Two, calm your nervous system based on what you're feeling. Three, write the steps to move forward. And four, do the steps with on-ramps and rewards. The first thing to do when you feel distressed is stop everything and identify your feelings. So if you can take space, so just go off by yourself for a few minutes and, and ask, how am I feeling right now? And the more you practice this, dropping your attention you know, out of your mind and into your body, the more you'll notice where and how you feel different emotions. So for example, I feel stress as tension and pain in my head and my jaw, neck, shoulders, and then overwhelm as a total shutdown of mind and body. Like my thoughts are either swirling or just stuck. My body is, it could be tense, anxious all at once. Like everything is happening and that can lead to like mm -hmm. extreme sleepiness. Like I just want to crawl back into bed um, or I just feel frozen in place and like staring at the wall and re very rarely am I not in motion. So I know that that's a problem. <laughs> that is during the situation. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I really 
before reading the Brene Brown book, I don't know if I really made the distinction between stress and overwhelm. It's a helpful framework for me to realize that those two things are different. Yeah. And she says it's important to figure out whether it's overwhelm or something less extreme like anxiety or stress, because the language that we use to describe it can actually influence the way our body responds. Mm -hmm. And then because we need to use different coping skills for each emotion, So when we say we're feeling stressed, we still have the wherewithal to evaluate what needs to happen to move the situation forward, like ask for help or use a particular coping tool. We still have access to our thinking brains. And in contrast, Bernie Brown says, when we say we're overwhelmed, it's really telling our body things are happening too fast. We can't handle them. Shut down, shut down. So Mm -hmm. then our brain says, okay. (laughs) And I will. Yes. Don't mind if I do. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I, when I check in with myself to see how I'm feeling, I, I like to check in, like I'm talking to a cranky little kid, you know, like, so how are you you feeling right now? You, what do you, what do you need? You a little, little stressed, you a little tired? You you need a nap? (laughs) Like, yeah. And if it's my kids, like, I don't need a nap. I'm not tired. (laughs) I hope your cranky little inner kid is... (laughs) But I used to do that too. Just like, I'm not tired. And yeah, just not sleepy. Yes, exactly. And it's like, well, maybe you just need to like go play outside for a little while. Like, <laughs> Get some fresh air. Go run yeah, around. Exactly. And I react the way a cranky little kid would as well. I'm mm. like, I don't need to do that. I'm just going to power through this. Right. Um, <laughs> but a, a true sign that I'm overwhelmed is that I do kind of feel trapped or frozen in place. And I, I don't feel like I'm able to kind of figure out what I need to do next. So that is a good, a good indication of overwhelm. Yeah. Like I'll be staring at the screen and just like typing the same thing or erasing and not Mm -hmm. really moving forward. My hands feel frozen, like just spinning basically in place. So the second thing to do in this process is calm your nervous system based on how you're feeling. The only remedy for true overwhelm is to take space and do nothing for 10 to 15 minutes. You can take a walk or sit and take deep breaths, but ruminating on the situation will keep you in the state of overwhelm. So I like to think of it as like a flow chart or an if-then exercise. So mm-hmm. what are you feeling right now? And what has worked in the past when you felt like this? Or what can you experiment with? So if I'm feeling super tired, you know, I can get up from my desk. I can go for a walk. I can take a power nap or drink some water or tea. If I'm feeling stressed by everything on my to-do list, I can do an easy task I know will only take me a few minutes. I can rewrite or simplify my to-do list to make it more realistic, or I can ask for help. Or if I'm feeling scared or sad about the future, I can sit with the feelings for a few minutes and then go do something that gives me a little dopamine hit, which we'll talk about later, like dancing to a song or texting someone I love or walking around the block. Or I can listen to music that lets me feel all the feels, like one of our playlists that um, we'll share again in the show notes. Always growing and evolving. Oh, gosh. Always, always. (laughs) Or I can close my eyes and do like a 10-second breathing meditation, you know, count on the breath in and count on the breath out. So... I know these things and I know that I have them in my my toolkit, but it can be hard to access them sometimes. I want to say something on that. So my one of my clients has a great thing that I've started doing too in my uh, Google Keep, just you know the app you know, with little notes. Mm-hmm. She has in her planner a little guide for herself where it's like, are you feeling anxious? And then she lists a couple of tools that she uses when she's feeling anxious mm-hmm. and and you know, and so on, stressed. And she says it really works because she's like trained herself now 
as she is noticing the sensations in her body of like, okay, my heart's beating fast. My palms are sweaty, whatever it is. Then she just opens the thing and it's like, okay, that is anxiety. This is what I'm going to do. Like just catching mm-hmm. it before your, your thinking brain goes offline. And that I know that's, that's so wonderful. Cause yeah, you, when your thoughts are spinning and your body's stressed, you, your body really just wants to run away from the predator, you know, hide, shut down, whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's good to have a little cheat sheet for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I would really like to put this down on paper somewhere. I'm like, where would I put this where I would actually access it? (laughs) That's why my phone, I think (laughs) it's a good place. And I like, I mean, some people use Evernote, Google Keep works for me. It's the quickest way to get, you know, thoughts captured and it's super random, but it's very Mm -hmm. searchable. So, and you can pin things to the top. So I like that. Yeah, I might try that. I I often do things just in the notes app on my mm-hmm. iPhone, you know, the native awesome. one, which which works. It's simple, but it often I can find totally. stuff usually. So once you've gotten your brain back and calmed your nervous system down, the third thing to do is write down the steps to move forward. So here we'll focus on task related overwhelm, you know, whether in your personal or work life. And for general overwhelm or emotional dysregulation, we'd recommend doing some evidence-based activities to complete this particular stress cycle, such as moving your body or journaling about how you're feeling or doing something creative. And we will link to our episode on the book, Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle for more suggestions. So as far as task-related overwhelm goes, often a barrier to getting started is a lack of clarity. We just don't know what we're trying to do, how we're trying to do it, even if it seems like a simple task or project. So asking before we get started, just pausing, first of all, because sometimes we just want to dive in and we see the task, we like spin, we're just mm-hmm. like, we've got a frenzy, do more. And we're like, okay, just, I know, we got to do it now. Time to stop and think. <laughs> It will pay off. <laughs> so if you pause and ask, what does done look like? This is a really helpful question. You know, what is the result that you're trying to produce? How will you concretely know that you've finished the task? Then what's the tiniest first step toward that done state? And do I have what I need to do that first step? And this is especially helpful mm-hmm. when doing a project for a supervisor or a client, you know, discussing what what done looks like before you start helps ensure that you're on the same page about the intended outcome. So you don't waste time going in a different direction. That's not mm-hmm. aligned with the other person or your team and that you have the resources, like information, materials, et cetera, to get the job done. Definitely. I'm going to start asking these questions more often because what does done look like is so helpful, whether it's at work or in your personal life, because you can just oh go gosh, on forever for some of these things if you don't have a, a finished idea. Yeah, especially mind, for writing, you know? it could just always be a little better or oh gosh, more yes. comprehensive or, you yes. know, you'll get the scope in line when you know what done looks like. And it's just like the minimum viable product, you know, what's the good state. Mm-hmm. And then you could do better or best if you have time, if you have the bandwidth, you know, if you want to, but anyway, right. Sometimes good enough is good enough. So from here, you may want to just go ahead and do that first step. So that'll make the rest of it way easier once you've kicked the dust off the inert project. And then whether you're doing it in advance or once you've broken through that overwhelm, making a checklist of small steps between your starting point and your end point um, can help a lot too. That's why I like my shorthand for myself is write the steps and do the steps, you know, make the steps actionable and clear as if you're instructing someone else to do them. So you don't need to be figuring out each one as you go. You just go ahead and 
do the checklist and then it's less drama in between because you've already like your thinking brain in one batch has sat down and been like, here's how you do it. And so then your executing brain can just be like, okay, this, and then I don't have to spin out over each one (laughs) or restart the process. Yes. This is, this is the step that I don't do as often as I would like to. I have like a, I have a post-it reminding me to do this. And then sometimes I forget to look at the post-it. So (laughs) the struggle is real. Step one, look at (laughs) post-it. Put that on a large post-it up on my wall. (laughs) The big arrow. Yeah. So I gave an example of this process in a previous podcast about a seemingly straightforward task, which was iron on the patches I'd bought to cover the holes in Evan's khaki school pants. But those patches Mm -hmm. ended up sitting there for months until I went through this process. And so, for example, so what does done look like? Okay, the patches cover the holes and are not obvious. You know, they're not like sticking over the top. Mm -hmm. Um, What's the tiniest first step? learn how to iron on said patches because you think so simple, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily. And then do I have what I need to do that step? And turns out, you know, I had the patches, but the iron and the ironing board, I needed scissors, you know, and I Mm -hmm. needed to watch a YouTube video to figure out like how much to cut and then like to iron it in from the inside. So then you didn't have that weird like patch on the outside. (laughs) Right. Right. You're like, oh, it's so easy. But Actually, then you're like, oh, well, how I do know. I do this? And, and then like how long do you need the iron on there? You know, just a lot of questions that I needed answers. I did not have all the information. Mm-hmm. And then once I made the checklist, you know, I won't read the whole thing, but just like the smallest steps, gather the materials, set up the ironing board, heat up the iron, et cetera. Then I could mm-hmm. just go boom, boom, boom. And it the process took maybe, I don't know, seven minutes start to finish, but there was a lot of prep involved. And then I didn't beat myself up because I'm like, oh yes. Okay. It's seven minutes. But then there was all this stuff I didn't it was vague and then of course that vague cloud like was the obstacle between me and doing the thing yes really have such a mental load you know like to get through that stuff to like okay what do I actually need to complete this task? And I'm a person who hates ironing just in general. So like, yeah, I know a it's new, like a new level dreadful. of ironing. Like, I know, exactly. <laughs> like, so besides the lack of clarity is just like the actual interest in doing it. And humans and ADHDers especially have a hard time doing things that we don't naturally find interesting, even though it's important. It's so. boring. Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. So putting on music was one of my, we'll talk about honor later, but that was one thing I did mm. to make it less dreadful. Um, but this process with the checklist is helpful, especially for recurring tasks that again, yes. might seem straightforward, but do involve multiple steps. So for example, I made one for in a Google doc for sharing our semi together episodes to social media, oh, that's which so involves multiple platforms and adding the link in the bio and mm-hmm. photo and all this stuff. And, you know, I have not shared the last episode yet as we're recording this, but before this comes out, I will share the previous episode. It's a deadline. Social. Yeah. No <laughs> but the checklist every time I'm like, oh, thanks past Malia. This is really helpful. <laughs> Now, don't yes. reinvent the wheel every time and be like, oh, where's the login for this? Like, what do I do first? And then forgetting to tag ourselves on Instagram mm-hmm. stories and that kind of stuff. That's really little, but makes a difference. It does. When there's something that has so many little pieces, it's really hard for our brains to just remember them all and then execute all of them without missing something. Oh my gosh. So and like, why keep that in your head? Your head's not a filing I, cabinet and we have enough. I don't have enough about. room, man. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, I've started doing that with recipes that I make all the time because mm -hmm. I often will kind of make things from memory or, you know, by feel or whatever for things that are pretty easy. But there are certain things I'm like, okay, I'm making these sushi bowls. So I'll make sushi rice in the Instant Pot and I'll do some sauteed veggies and some kind of protein and some kind of sauce or whatever. And it's very easy, but every time I'm like, how long do I cook the sushi rice for? And I, you know, so I finally right. just made a Google Doc with the link to the thing or the notes of how long Amazing. to do something. and. Every time yeah. I'm like, past self, way to go. I know. And you make so many recipes. And then for me, like, right. I don't cook very often. And so like instant pot <laughs> spaghetti, I forget like how much spaghetti to put in, like how much I fill yeah. this thing. And I mean, yeah, I don't need to keep that in my head. There's too many. No, things, so. no. Just I have a little post-it, a little post-it with a checklist inside a drawer. <laughs> so, Fantastic. <laughs> external brain. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so after you write the steps, you do the steps. This is step four, do the steps using on-ramps and rewards. So often, especially for ADHDers, the problem is not knowing what to do, but doing what we know. Mm -hmm. And there are real neurological barriers to task initiation, getting started, having to do with how much dopamine is available in our brains. So that is why it is essential for us to make it easier to start a task and reward ourselves for doing it. And we may not realize the emotional component in all of this, that it's our emotions that fuel most of our actions and that the key to getting started is shifting our emotional state. So our brain perceives emotions like shame and fear and anxiety and dread as threats and sends us into that survival mode, fight, flight, or freeze. So that fuels avoidance behaviors because we don't want to encounter the threat, like ironing those patches on Evan's khakis, like, <laughs> it's like a lion chasing me through, you know. Savannah. It's danger. <laughs> exactly. So then procrastination and, you know, numbing can even procrastivity, you know, where you like do mm -hmm. something productive, but it's like not the thing that you intend to do or that <laughs> will move the needle the most. Um, mm -hmm. So if we can shift into emotions like willingness or curiosity, tolerance, acceptance, those can act as fuel for the actions that serve us. Yes. And one way that we can shift our emotional state is by creating on-ramps to get started on a task. This is a term from Casey Davis, who is the author of How to Keep House While Drowning, which Malia, you recommended to me. And so good. I love. It's so good. Highly recommend. Yes. And it's short. It's ADHD friendly. It's just, oh, yeah. yes. It's neurodivergent friendly in general. Mm -hmm. It's super clear and compassionate. Yes. Yeah. So before we dive into what on-ramps look like, we just want to recommend this book as a balm for domestic overwhelm. It's mm -hmm. so just encouraging and compassionate, compassionate and lovely. And funny funny, relatable. Yes. So Casey Davis is a therapist who had her second child at the height of the pandemic and was suffering from postpartum depression. And what she later learned was undiagnosed ADHD. And my heart just really went out to her when I was oh listening gosh, to her book yeah. on audiobook. I'm like, oh gosh. And for all you parents out there during that time, and especially if you're going through having a new baby and not having the support and all of this stuff is just so very so hard. difficult. Yeah. And yes. out of that, she was able to get a diagnosis and then mm -hmm. wrote this book. God bless her. Mm -hmm. Super I helpful. Know. It's really helpful. I kind of want to buy this book for just like everyone, mm -hmm. <laughs> everyone I know <laughs> who can relate. Yes. 
So uh, yeah, as we said, it's just a very practical and compassionate guide to handling what she calls care tasks. So that's the ongoing feeding, cleaning, health, and hygiene responsibilities that you need to do to keep life moving, like grocery shopping, cooking, doing laundry and dishes, showering, etc. But that can feel impossible when you're feeling overwhelmed or facing a mental or physical illness, a disability, or another challenge. I like that she calls these care tasks, you know, speaking of how language in- informs your behavior and like motivation or just even ability to do the things. But yeah, yes. you're just like, these are the things we do to care for ourselves and right. talks about rhythms and cycles instead of just like a to-do list or chores. Or chores. Really the, yeah. <laughs> even mm-hmm. chores. Yes. And I really like that she talks a lot about how they're morally neutral. You know, yes. like if you're house is a mess or you haven't done laundry in weeks or whatever it is, you haven't brushed your teeth or showered in days, that this is a morally neutral thing. You know, right. that you are going through a hard time and what you need is compassion and not judgment. Yeah. It doesn't is, mean anything about you. It doesn't right. mean you're a bad parent a bad person or a bad, or yeah, or a bad adult or, or whatever. Yeah. That's second arrow stuff. The yes. Second arrow we refer to often. Yes, absolutely. And like when you're going through a really hard time, like the last thing you need to do is being like, I'm a terrible person and I can't cut it as an adult. You know, that does I not know. help you get out of that we state. All, which... Or many of us tend to do it, but catching yourself and be like, no, don't talk about my friend no. that way. <laughs> exactly. Spray bottle. <laughs> no. So in the book, Davis recommends on ramps to make starting tasks seem easier when you're in the thick of overwhelm. She writes, one thing I know is that if I keep the shame removed, I can keep the on-ramp open. Mm -hmm. She says that what we think of as a lack of motivation is often a problem with task initiation. So if you want to do the thing and you feel like your life would be better if you did the thing, you have the motivation, but you struggle with task initiation, which I very much relate to. <laughs> totally. And people can get confused about that and think that they're lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just not going anywhere in life. And that's not necessarily the case. No. If there are real functional barriers for various reasons. So yeah, just keeping shame out of it because that shuts us. And when you remember that, it helps identify that shame, shame triggers, and then yeah, shift out of it. Yes. She talks about how if you have a diagnosis like ADHD, autism, PTSD, depression, or others, these are all things that affect executive function of which task initiation is one. And other things that affect executive function include trauma, grief, chronic stress, and sleep deprivation. So she emphasizes that you are not lazy. You just need help getting around barriers and this often shows up as having difficulties in transitions. When you're when you're in survival mode for all of those different reasons, then you're, you don't have the higher thinking available to you. Things like planning, prioritizing, sequencing. And so these uh, strategies can help you access a little more dopamine to mm-hmm. get the things done that we need to. It makes a lot of sense. So she yes. uses the example, if I'm sitting in my chair and I need to go do the dishes, it's really hard to initiate the transition from sitting in my chair to getting up and actually doing the dishes. And I need to find a way to create momentum so I can widen the entry point to the task by creating an on-ramp. Yes. I like the visual of this Mm on-ramp that just helps ease us into it. Uh, So Davis shares these seven ideas for creating on-ramp using this example of doing the dishes, but you can apply it to any task, like starting a work project, making a phone call, running errands, or getting your kids to do something. Good luck with that if you have kids like, <laughs> kids like mine. Let me take several on ramps. Just a long, long, long ramp. That's right. A very <laughs> piece by piece. So one is create a movement momentum with music. 
and moving from your chair to dancing is a big transition, but putting on music and moving your toes to the music is a small one. Then you can start moving your arms and legs and dancing in your chair. And once you're already moving, you might as well stand up. And once you're up and active, it's a small transition to move toward the sink and momentum often picks up from there. So there's an expression, neurons that fire wire together and your brain can associate feelings with experiences. So if you dance to the same happy song every day, and after a week you play that song while you're folding laundry or doing dishes, your brain will associate happiness with that song, providing a small pleasure reward. I love that. I definitely relate to that as I put on happy music when I'm doing unpleasant tasks. Often. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yes. I have a morning startup playlist now. Mm. I've been meaning to do that for a while, but the song glorious by mom is oh, on there. The first song. one. And yeah, it's a kind of my gratitude practice also, because it's just the little things that, you know, this they're celebrating and it's really lovely. And then there's some other like Brandy Carlisle on there. Mm. And anyway, like as I'm doing the, you know, getting ready in the morning, which, you know, getting ready in the morning and for bed is just like so boring. Sick and <laughs> so I'll <usually> have that, <laughs> sing to that and then start my day with singing. I love that. that That's a really good idea. I, I often <laughs> will find music I like as I'm, you know, making breakfast or, you know, getting ready for the day, but I don't have a dedicated playlist. I like that idea. Yeah. The second idea is give yourself permission to start. Instead of thinking, I'm going to make myself do something and bullying yourself to finish a task, give yourself permission to start a task. You can get a little done, wash one dish, write one sentence, move one sock to the laundry basket, just start and often motivation will kick in after. And she recommends letting yourself use 5% energy to do 5% of the task. And maybe you keep going, maybe you don't, either one is fine. But she says, anything worth doing is worth doing partially, which I think is lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, all or nothing is a real thing for for ADHD years and and people tending toward perfectionism. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, if I can't deep clean the whole house I, it's going to take me three hours like then I I won't start why and, even bother right yeah exactly and what I tell clients sometimes is to kind of wake up the energy of some of the clutter where to like just kind of nudge it or like <laughs> kick it gently if it's like a box on the floor right. <laughs> like you know move it across slide it across the floor so it's just, just wake like it up that inertia yeah mm. and then it's like active again you know it becomes <laughs> kinetic energy like that. so just that gonna start kicking things across the living room floor and <laughs> yeah, see right. how it goes. Just, just kick them all the way at the door and then someone else can deal with them yeah. it's not my jurisdiction anymore throw it out the window <laughs> done yeah when we had that, the couple the big dumpsters that we used before our moves uh, it was extremely satisfying <laughs> just to throw things away throw so uh, a third on-ramp is move toward a task Instead of saying, I need to finish this, or even I need to start this, ask, how can I move toward this task? So if you need to tidy the kitchen, this can look like just going and standing in the kitchen. You don't have to do anything while you're there. You can look at your phone, lean on the counter, sit on the floor, but eventually you'll be able to pick up one dish because you are closer to that task. Yes. I like that as someone who often goes into the kitchen and just kind of stands there and (laughs) plays around on my phone without doing anything. You're just being among the dishes. I'm near the dishes. (laughs) One with the dishes. (laughs) I'm thinking about the dishes as I see them in the sink. You're formulating your plan. Yes. We're getting there. Make a checklist. (laughs) And the fourth idea for an on-ramp is to look for built-in wait times. 
think about activities you enjoy that have built-in wait times, like waiting for the kettle to boil or something to cook in the oven. Use that time to do a task you are avoiding. So knowing there is a finish line can often lower the barrier to entry. Yes. When putting gas in the car, that is a time I take to clean out my purse or clean out mm. the garbage from my car, like that, because I have two children and also I am messy myself. So there's usually wrappers or crumbs or whatever. So I kind of gather that up while the gas is pumping. So otherwise that would just be dead time. Mm-hmm. And it's great because especially the purse thing, you know, at least I can clean out a few receipts and things. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm waiting for medical appointments, if I know I'm going to have you know a lot of downtime before they see me, I will respond to text messages or Facebook messages mm-hmm. or something that I want to respond to, but I have just been not doing for whatever reason. So totally. I'll be like, okay, I'm just going to do one. And then if yeah. I do more, it's, it's a bonus. It's a lanyard. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And scheduling things too with oh, people yeah. like, yeah, that's a good time to do that. Mm-hmm. So idea five is bundle tasks. This is what writer Gretchen Rubin calls the strategy of pairing. Choose something you can enjoy during the task you don't want to do, like watch a TV show or listen to an audiobook or podcast while you're folding laundry or exercising, for example. I absolutely do this. I do not fold laundry unless I am watching a good show on TV. Yes, I only do it while listening to an audiobook I enjoy or a podcast I enjoy. And like something that's not like, sometimes I'll listen to nonfiction that I want to know the information, but I don't actually Mm. want to listen to it. So it has to be something I'm excited about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are times when I do the laundry and then it's like too late for some reason to watch a show. And then the laundry just, just sits there until we do have time to watch a show. Yeah. So. <laughs> Sorry. The laundry only likes shows. <laughs> exactly. It's required. Yes. <laughs> the sixth on ramp is use body doubling. It is easier to do something when a friend is with you, even if they don't help. You can ask a friend to spend time with you while you do a task, even calling them on the phone while you do it. Or you can use Focusmate, which is an app that Malia has used before, yes? Mm-hmm. Um, All the time. Yes. It pairs you with someone else trying to accomplish a task. And it's free for three sessions per week or $5 per month for unlimited sessions. That is very cool. I do want to try that. It- is awesome. I know sometimes I think like, oh, it's too much to set up and all that. And like the next level is scheduling recurring or mm-hmm. like scheduling ahead. Um, but usually when I go on, it's like in the next five minutes, I can schedule a session and they'll pair you with somebody. But yeah, it's magic. Someone else just gets on who's trying like on the video chat that's mm-hmm. trying to do something. You check in, say, what are you trying to accomplish in this block? 25 minutes, 50 minutes or 75 minutes. And then you say, good luck. And then you mute, but you're on camera. And mm. so if you like need to use the restroom or something, you put your right back and then you come, but you like, you have this agreement that you're both going to be there and holding the space mm. to get this task done or move forward in some way. And at the end, there's a chime in your ear and then you like come back on audio, say how to go mm-hmm. and then you check in and celebrate. So there's this gentle accountability and reward. Yeah. Plus the like novelty of seeing somebody and especially working from home, it gets lonely. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know some people have social anxiety and think it's going to be weird. And I certainly, I thought it might be creepy, but everyone has been really great. And also people can rate you too. So it kind of, so creepsters get weeded out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. They're going to get downvoted. Um, yeah. And then still showing up too. you also get downvoted. So like, if you, like, if you, if you miss a session, oh, uh, so okay. it's, it's motivation to show up. That's great for someone who also needs accountability that sounds very motivating in like a gentle way like you said it's not like super heavy-handed totally yeah the other day I've been putting off getting dentist appointments we have to find a new dentist here or we had to or for Darren and me and then for the kids and so we're just putting off that and then scheduling appointment on top of that but Mm. uh Darren 
like we just happened to be free at the same hour I was so we just did like a power hour and he just like sat there and he's like oh this dentist looks good I'm like okay I'm gonna call so, and it just yeah it, that was it just having someone else there to hold that space and be like we're just gonna do this right now mm-hmm. same thing with packing yeah cleaning and everything I mean really it so helps just to have someone there it does it absolutely does we do the same thing we're booking booking travel or I might actually steal that for a dentist appointment as well I am overdue for that and for a haircut both of which I'm like me too I complain about it every day every day and I'm like this would take me five minutes to knock both of them out but I'm like oh such a thing (laughs) I know well and you can do a power hour too when you're on focus mate because you're muted Mm. so you can make calls you can fold laundry you could do whatever oh that's a great idea yeah okay Mm -hmm. I might try that by the time we record next and try to knock oh, out these things. I'm curious how you like it. Yes. That's really great. And like one, one hack for that is like you can set up like a phone or another device if you're working on your computer. So you're not staring deeply into their eyes into the camera, <laughs> like which is some people do. But for me, I feel awkward doing yeah, that. Like so that. anyway, you can <laughs> have a se- second thing. That's the actual camera on you. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a little, a little too intense for me. <laughs> I know, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> I'm not staring at you for the record. All right. <laughs> like, this is my work that I'm doing. <laughs> it's like, and they're like, oh, what are you trying to get accomplished? Staring at you for 25 minutes. Looking deeply into your eyes. <laughs> Memorizing every pore. <laughs> all right. I will get downvoted. If I do. <laughs> um, all right. This uh, seventh and final idea for OnRamp from Casey Davis, time it. So setting a timer for a small increment of time that you can handle, like five to 15 minutes can really just get you started. A fixed time limit helps you realize that the task does not take as long as you think. And your brain doesn't freak out because you don't need to spend three hours doing Mm -hmm. it. It's just like, just get it started. You have permission to stop when the timer goes off, whether you're done or not. If you're on a roll, you can feel free to continue. But it helps. It really works. Yeah. We do that sometimes for just quick tidying in the house. Like, okay, 15 minute timer. Like, let's see how much we can get done. And just like, and you can get Mm -hmm. quite a bit done, you know, it's true. You know? Yeah. Especially when we're focusing on it. Yes. Yes. Having the permission to stop is so good. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. And beat the clock challenge, whether it's with you or children, it it helps Mm. because you're like, oh, how much can we get done in this time? And then it makes it more, more fun, more dopamine. Gamify. Yeah. Yeah. Gamify. And any activity that you enjoy boosts dopamine and can be an on-ramp for you. And the ones that serve you are healthy and limited to five minutes or less. This is like breaks or, you know, the on-ramps before you start the thing that will move the needle. They won't take you down a rabbit hole, like watching an online video, you know, get the next video served up to you right? (laughs) or playing a video game that you get sucked in. And Jessica McCabe, who runs the excellent YouTube channel, How to ADHD, recommends making a list of your dopamine boosters called a dopa menu, which I, I love. love. That. that is so fun. That's a very fun way of phrasing it too. I, know, I love it. <laughs> yes. I have not actually done this yet, but I have thought about making a list of all these like go-to dopamine boosters. We've talked about many of them mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. the podcast, but I will call it my personal dopa menu because that's mm-hmm. delightful. <laughs> um, and I'll share a few of mine. I think we have, we have a lot of overlapping mm-hmm. things like music and dance. So taking a ukulele break, dancing to one song, listening to music I love, going for a short walk, watching a funny video, but not getting sucked into the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Only one video. <laughs> <Just> one. <laughs> Text, texting a loved one, 
thinking about things I have to look forward to or planning some new things, small or large. I have this on a Google Cal right now, but I'd like to have like the whiteboard, like you guys mm -hmm. have or chalkboard or something. So it's more visual, mm -hmm. um, reading fiction, listening to a podcast app or getting hugs or snugs. Hugs and snugs. I love yes. that. Yeah. It's sometimes just like reading a poem because that's like a one, mm. one unit of thing. And mm -hmm. I really, then like when else would I read poetry? It's just a nice right. thing to do, but yeah, dancing to a song and having like a go-to dance song, then you don't need to mm -hmm. think about it, but having this list is great because then you don't have to just spin your wheels and then you get even more spun out because what am I going to do for my on-ramp? Right. Right. Yes. Lots of checklists and things that make us happy and calm us down. Totally. Well, those are on-ramp suggestions. And once you finish each small task on the checklist, reward yourself. Check the box, cross it off, and pause to really feel a sense of pride for accomplishing the thing. Keeping a small promise to yourself, following through. So these small, frequent dopamine boosts immediately afterward motivate us to keep up the momentum and make a habit of it. So write down your wins and share them with your loved ones. We have talked about the wall of wins that I and my clients do. It's really wonderful, whether it's post-its on your wall or a whiteboard worksheet that I have, you just like, it's really amazing. It's magic to mm -hmm. just write down the things like I made a dentist appointment. I did. I found a dentist, yeah. made the appointment. You know, there are a lot of pet related things this week that I put on mm -hmm. my wall of wins. And then you can follow it with, you know, I am affirmation. Like I am responsible. I take care of my pets and my family, et cetera. You can also buy some gold star stickers or just any little fun stickers and award them to yourself. <laughs> count, yes. count it. That's one of our, our rules. <laughs> if you're wondering, yes. does it count? I don't know. It absolutely counts. counts, especially yes. if it's something you've been putting off because instead of being like, oh, well, I should have done it two weeks ago. It's like, no, it's even harder because you intended to do it two weeks ago. So right. you get because extra there's now a wall of awful. I have right. to break down. Like That's I get exactly. more credit for doing it. Exactly. Yes. Now it's time for get it together. Got it together. A segment where we share something that we'd like to work on and something that's going well for us right now. So Malia, would you like to get started? I would. And I will preface this by saying we're going to do a little lightning round of this because our last few episodes have run a little long. And so <laughs> we've like not done the get it together, got it together, but we know listeners have said that they enjoy that part. And so we're going to do a, a short yeah. one. And it's also nice to give ourselves credit. For yeah, it is. Too. It's very yes. true. So my get it together is doing things, but not the needle moving things that will level up my business or yeah, income, all of those. Yesterday I had the day free, you know, I just didn't have any sessions, but there were tons of life admin things that mm -hmm. really did need to be accomplished. Some urgent and important, but I also got carried away and then put off some of the things that I need to follow my own advice about breaking down the checklist and all the things <laughs> in this great episode um, for sending an e-newsletter to my clients and posting on social for rising spiral and those kinds of things. So yes, I ended the day feeling a sense of accomplishment on the live admin side, but you know, again, it's like an all or nothing situation and it would be nice to at least just nudge the task forward on just the business kick path. it across the yeah, room exactly okay. <laughs> <laughs> not at the door but just across the room and my got it together is finally buying Barcelona tickets Yay! this was a I know this is super super happy event and it was a get it together I turned into a got it together because you know I had done all the hard labor of finding said tickets and mm -hmm. it, you know buying tickets or finding tickets is like one of my most dreaded tasks there's so mm -hmm. many iterations and I just like too much executive function and I dread it so I finally found this great itinerary for coming out of Albany to Barcelona 
and just was not centering on it with Darren. And we were just trying to like sit down and look at it and make sure this worked for both of us. And that was like a month mm-hmm. ago. So of course, by the time we sat down the other night, it was no longer, it was probably like twice the price. And I'm like, oh, I, I was so, that. I was That's like, so I was so upset. I was really in shame. And I just kept saying like, I'm really upset right now. I'm really upset. I'm feeling shame mm-hmm. about this. And and it was good because like I was prickly, you know, because Darren, like he keeps his cool more in these situations and mm-hmm. I did not lash out. I did not shut down. I just kept narrating my emotions and, and then we found yeah. an, an itinerary out of New York city that is good and it is during your scan week. And that was the yes. most important thing to me and visiting in general, we've wanted to do this since my 40th birthday, which was oh like gosh, nearly I three know. years ago <laughs> during the pandemic. So I'm really, really excited. It's going to happen. Yay. Huge gold stars. We are yeah, so yeah. excited. When you sent the the text saying that you booked the tickets, Brian and I were like, yay. Yeah. Like immediately <laughs> just like doing happy dances and starting to think of fun things we wanted so to do. So excited. Yes. <laughs> well, Jill, what about you? What is your get it together? Got it together. Well, my get it together is that our house is in a state of disarray right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's fine. It's not the worst, but we got back from our trip to Valencia and the week was already in progress. And so the suitcases are partially unpacked in the guest room and Brian's leaving for another trip tomorrow. And, mm. you know, like I'm doing laundry right now, but it's just, you know, the kitchen's a mess. I feel like it's just not the state I feel the calmest in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the weekend's coming up. I'll be able to tidy and get things back into some sense of array. Yes. Um, you but... can use our, use our steps also. for. <laughs> yes. Like our and I think, advice. yes, I think I'll put on some good music or I'll put on a good audiobook and mm-hmm. tackle it, but it, for right now, it just feels like, oh, I hate, I hate all this stuff everywhere. And it's feeling I stressful. Know. Why do I do this again? I know. <laughs> I know. Cause I got back from the trip midweek. I'm like, well, nothing's going to happen with that suitcase until the weekend. Like that's just a fact. <laughs> so <laughs> and it's fine. My got it together is that I started going back to the gym for the Yay. first time since February, 2020, oh which my goodness. Wow. wow. Yes. And I, you know, I waffled on it a lot, just, you know, at different points during phases of the pandemic like when do I feel safe enough to do mm-hmm. that is that you know do the benefits outweigh the risks and you know it's an ongoing totally. risk calculation mm-hmm. for everyone and it's mm-hmm. different for everyone but I really really missed it I've been doing living room workouts streaming videos and I go for walks and stuff like that but I really missed the regularity of like I have Zumba classes every week or I have these things that I do and so I walked by my gym. It's very close. And so I walked by one night and was like, just going to ask about the prices and the packages and stuff like that. And I ended up signing up while I was there because there was Fantastic. a, it was great. There was some kind of special still going on as part of their, you know, New Year's thing. It was this mm. in February. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, okay, now, now's the time I'm here. <laughs> I have everything I need. So I just, you know, pulled the trigger on it. And then I went to my first Zumba class the next day Yay. and it was the best. Oh my gosh. Just made me so happy. And I've been going, I've been trying to go like most weekdays. There's three days that have Zumba classes that work out timing wise, which has been awesome. And then I've gone to, I've been trying to get in the habit of doing one aqua aerobics class per week. And then maybe just a wild card day. Like if I go and do the elliptical or something like that, or if I go for a walk or something, that's cool. But just having that as like a, every, every morning I do this has been fantastic. Way to go. It's so great. You can walk to your gym. That's Amazing. Yeah, they have so much Zumba. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to find gyms around here that have Zumba classes that like work with my schedule and that are close by. And so, yeah, that's definitely on my list because every time I do Zumba, I'm like, why don't I do this more often? This is my favorite thing ever. 
It really is. It's so joyful. And there was a teacher I really liked from before who no longer seems to be teaching there, which is a bummer. But the two teachers that I've been going to their classes are two guys and they're both totally different styles from each other, but really fun and just like <laughs> really delightful, like tons of energy. One has like Danny Rojas energy from Ted Lasso. <laughs> like, what hell is life? <laughs> it's just very Love. adorable and it makes me happy. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Ugh. That's, that'll be a good motivation for me to get a gym or at least like drop in Zumba classes. And there are also, also pickleball courts around here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like some are at gyms and some where there's a park really near us. And so we got to get a pickleball set because I love pickleball and it's a thing around here and some of yeah. our friends play and Darren brought a disc golf set. So that'll be a fun thing oh, for cool. the spring. I've never played. I'm terrible at frisbee. So I'm hoping that disc golf is maybe a little easier, but I don't know. I don't know. I've never played, but maybe you'll like it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> Can my roller skates out? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going roller skating with a friend this weekend. So Yay. I'm, you inspired me. Yes. It's about finding the thing that doesn't feel like exercise or at least the exercise doesn't feel like a uh, drudgery. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Well, that is all for this episode of Semi Together. What helps you identify when you're in overwhelm and what helps you break through it? Tell us at podcast at semitogether.com or send us a voice memo. And if you are an adult with ADHD, I would love to coach you to identify when you're feeling overwhelmed and experiment with strategies to break through it. You can book a free discovery call at risingspiralcoaching.com. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks for listening to Semi Together. And take it from us, you have it more together than you think you do. Yay! Yay! Snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. So much, <laughs> yes. Out of the tears. Yes. Our, we, we watered flowers with our tears. Yes. <laughs> you know, they've got salt in them, so they probably would actually kill the plants. All right. <laughs> Not a great metaphor. <laughs>